Hello everyone, this is Donnie, aka Elevated with Dota Alchemy, joined by Jenkins, and this is episode 6 of Alchemy Answers, where we answer any questions you might have about gaming and getting better at Dota 2. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for watching or listening if you're listening on the podcast. And real quick, before we get into this episode, it's going to be a little bit of a longer one. It's to celebrate the fact that we have just launched DotaAlchemy.com www.dotaalchemy.com that is where we are going to be putting up a bunch of more in-depth kind of deeper dota 2 educational content we will of course continue to publish on youtube and all of our other social media platforms but dotaalchemy.com is going to be sort of the deeper dive into the real in-depth mechanics behind becoming a better dota player and we hope that with this new subscription service that you guys will be able to reach higher and higher MMRs and grind your way to whatever your goal is in gaming and Dota. So thank you so much as always for the support. We do genuinely really appreciate the community that we've been building over the last few months and we can't wait to see what the next year brings for everybody. All right, let's get into our episode. Thoughts on techies. Uh, my thoughts on techies, I think, uh... Alex Dagger is a fucking amazing techies, and he has he has me pretty convinced every patch that that hero is really good. But then I get a thousand techies on my team that just feed relentlessly and are basically not a hero, despite having like a relatively strong laning phase. I would say that that's probably, I would say that's probably a hero that's, um, like Meepo, Brood, Pudge, where for a long time they just have a shitty win rate because people are playing them terribly, and it's like a meme hero, but. If you if you can really play techies, and I think it's I think it's actually genuinely pretty good. Um, you just need to be able to put mines in places where people are actually going to die to them, and then I think I think laning really well with that hero also takes somebody who actually knows how to play it. I would I would say that that hero is probably like stained by the fact that people pick it because it's a meme and then feed with it, but people aren't actually good at it. I would say techies is probably pretty good, genuinely pretty good. Not like god tier, but pr pretty good. I mean, it's kind of like any hero right if you play like a thousand games of a hero you understand how to play it but if you haven't played a thousand yeah. games of a hero then likely you're just kind of copying what you see other people do and you have no idea why they're doing anything so yeah. it would make sense that alex is like yeah this hero is incredibly good because he actually has played a thousand games of it. yeah if you if you watch alex play it you're like oh my fucking god if this guy played it in a like a major land he'd actually destroy with it it's like um, same thing with you and when Pudge was garbage, you were still winning with it because you've played over a thousand games of Pudge, and like yeah. other people were playing it, and it's garbage, and they're just feeding and losing. I think with these heroes, though, like the the skill cap, the skill cap is higher. So, like, I think with some some hero, like I don't know, let's say a Jakiro, there's probably a lot less you can do than on something like a Pudge or a Techies, where there's the capability of like completely, like you know, if if you kill the right person with Techies mines, you just win the entire game. Pudge, you land a hook. Like these heroes. I think no matter how nerfed they get, if you're good at them, they'll be good. All right. Uh, next question. In the predictions, there is heroes most picked. Who do you believe will be the most picked? I assume you're talking about at TI. Like that's a good question. Where do you think the meta's headed? That's a great question. Um, I I'm I'm pretty convinced. I'll, I'll give my list of heroes, Donnie, and then you can give your list of heroes. Sure. I guess. Uh, so I I think that Necrophos is broken. I think that Weaver is real. I think that Weaver is extremely good and underrated and potentially broken i think that crystal maiden is like obscenely broken and most people are kind of cluing into that now um let's see 
Why do you think these heroes are broken? I think that's okay, kind of I, an important I, part. I, I think I think briefly. I think we've. I think Crystal Maiden is broken because she's extremely good in like a harass sustain meta in the laning phase. Um, Ellie, for example, my girlfriend, she's uh, she she's basically grinded from like she's ga she's gained like 500 MMR with this hero. She's almost immortal, which is crazy because she she calibrated to like ancient three or ancient two or something like that, and. Um, She's doing things like um, stacking, like going to the offlane and then stacking a camp and then farming it with like the the ulti uh, on, on on Crystal Maiden for God's sakes, getting the ulti at level six, and then she gets like two or three levels from the from the camp, and like this is support hero that goes into the offlane that can do this. Like there's there's so much versatility in this hero now that her spells are just like obscenely high um, high damage for like low mana cost. Her ulti's always been really good too, but now you can you actually have the mana to sustain it because her arcane aura is really good. I think Weaver's really broken because it's similar sort of thing like he's really good in a harass slash sustain meta like his laning is incredibly good for instance Sakuchi right now at level one is like 100 damage 100 damage for 60 mana cost that's like arcane bolt right there if not better like old arcane bolt it's broken it's insane and that's a carry hero like an offlane carry or mid hero even a four roll hero that can that can do that and then his abilities have been buffed for the previous like 10 patches so there's that so you can you can own in the mid game as well as because his abilities are, are broken now, you can own in the mid-game, but off the back of a really good laning phase. Uh, what was the other hero that I said? Necrophos. Yep. Uh, I think Necro's the same thing. Like, his abilities have just been getting buffed, 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 and also he's really good in a harass sustain meta. He's really good in dual lanes. He's extremely obnoxious to deal with as, like, a really strong carry kind of core hero. Like, there's a lot of cores, let's say, like, a Phantom Lancer, where they're kind of dog shit for the first like five or six levels, unless they're given a huge amount of babysitting. Necrophos can be left completely to his own devices, and he'll shit on somebody. So I think I think that Necro is insanely good for that reason. Um, okay, so I think that uh, Tree Tree Protector is incredibly good. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. He, I mean, he works really well in the sustain meta. He also is just really good at delaying people's timings because he can keep towers alive longer than they should be. And then he basically needs like no farm to have a lot of impact. Um, and he also has the ability to just out deny basically anybody in lane because uh, he has like a hundred base damage. So uh, he's super good. I think that Wyvern is going to start seeing some play more uh, just because sort of of the same, the same reason it's good at sustaining. It has good D push. Um, it has a game changing ultimate and is quite good at harassing with Arctic Burn and stuff as well. I'm not a huge Wyvern fan, to be honest. I mean, that's fair. I, I think that it's like the hero feels kind of slow, but I that's, also that's think... That's my problem with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of how you play it, honestly. I think that Wyvern is pretty good as like a an offlane dual lane, just because mm -hmm. you can kind of like sit in the trees and, and splinter blast and then pull. And so I think that you can just do that. Um, and then I, I mean, I agree with you on Necrophos. I thought that the hero like fell out of the meta for basically no reason because <laughs> it got nerfed, like the Heartstopper or got nerfed and stuff, but the, the core tenant of the hero, which is that you can just be this really annoying, like you heal yourself, you heal your teammates, you just run at people They go on you. Suddenly you're back at full health. And then you reaper somebody who's just gotten low by being near you. Um, I think that hero is super good as well. And I I still think that we will start seeing a little bit more of like um, Enigma. I think that Enigma is a hero that's been buffed a lot, 
and I think, I think he's good too. I has, think has a lot of potential and he like, he functions well in multiple different roles, depending on what your lineup is. It kind of gives you that flexibility where you can have him be like this big team fighter, or you can also just be a pusher. And since a lot of people are playing drow, uh, the Eidolons with Drow Aura are just absolutely insane at taking towers. I think Enigma's good too. I think it's not It's not even... I, I think I think basically what you said is, is correct. Like the versatility, the fact that you could play like a four roll and build into a... Um, it's a minus armor thing. Blightstone, you can ask any question in, around Dota, Samuel, by the way. Uh, but... The fact that you can build a Blightstone, go four roll, and then just deny the offlane like a Lich and throw your Eidolons on some hero that doesn't want to get bullied by Eidolons, that's that's really strong. But then also as an offlaner, he's really strong as both a uh, like a true carry and also a um, team fighter slash pusher. Like you can get the Dawn build, but I say true carry. Like I think uh, I think Enigma. Whenever you have an Enigma offlane on your team, a lot of the time he can actually function as a hero that will that will carry you. Like you have like a distraction carry, like a Bloodseeker or Spectre or something, and people just focus them. But really, there's this Enigma that's just doing 12 billion damage with Black Hole and disab disabling everybody with like Octarine Core, BKB stuff like that. So really, like you want to make space for the Enigma, and he'll just carry you. Like, oh, right, oh, of course, of course, Pudge, Pudge is broken in my opinion. I think I don't just think Pudge is good. I think Pudge is legitimately broken. The fact that you can max Flesh Heap and uh, rot and still do a tremendous amount of damage and still have the the max hook range is insane like there's at, at, at like 10 minutes there's just a guy running around 2000 hp name another hero on dota that, that, that's like that yeah like there isn't there really isn't one pudge, pudge is it, it completely completely insane right now do you guys think sf is still viable or is he too far gone after all the nerfs uh, no well, i think he's great well funnily enough we're watching miracle play him and as you can see the build is slightly shifted people are no longer going for the shadow rays damage they're going for the plus two damage per soul. Yeah. But they're still going for the spell amp. They're still going, still going for movement speed usually and 40% cooldown reduction. I don't think people realize just how good that is. It just allows you to, I mean, you can basically be permanently invisible with a shadow blade. Your BKB comes up 40% faster than anybody else, which means that you can use it like whenever the fuck you want, basically. Uh, if you go Manta, if you go E-Blade, if you go Hex, if you go whatever, you can just, like, it just gives you so much uptime and versatility and it allows you and shadow fiend's a cool hero because he gets a ton of damage just naturally through his skills obviously from souls and with the plus two damage per soul like you really don't have to go damage items you just go whatever your team like whatever you need to win the game as far as items and not even worry about damage because you're still going to be able to hit buildings you're still going to be able to kill people with your right clicks because you just naturally have all that damage anyway yeah, it gives you like basically permanent invis too with the shadow blade, which is kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah cooldown reduction cooldown reduction is broken for sure. I think I think SF is amazing just because he's a really strong one v one mid, and most mid mids these days are like these one v one heroes. Mid doesn't get ganked a lot, so SF will like just trash people in in these one v ones. Yeah, and uh, he'll he'll even trash some of like the cancer heroes like Necrophos or, or Outworld Devourer, or even like Ember. Like these heroes that are really really good and kind of player specific heroes he will he is a typical mid that you can pick and you're not going to really get cheesed at all he can he can really deal with the with almost anything so i think sf is really good yeah so if you're up against i was just gonna say sorry. he's like one of the only mid heroes that you can really like doesn't matter what your lane is you either destroy people or you just go and like flash farm anyway and you have just as much farm if not more than anybody else yeah, in the game, regardless. yeah exactly
So if you're up against Beast Io, Visage, Drow, and Venge, what heroes would you draft to to win the game? So in that sort of scenario, what I would recommend is basically to you either choose to fight into them with with vastly superior team fights. So for example, those heroes that you listed would get completely destroyed by a Winter Wyvern because all of the summons and all of the damage you just ult somebody and it ends it ends the fight. Uh, and then also Winter Wyvern can can counter push a lane that they're grouping up to push while you have split pushing going on. So you'd also want heroes that can kind of flash farm and push out waves and then TP back to take fights. Like one of the one of the worst things that you can do is just kind of pick a regular lineup against a pushing lineup and be like, oh, why can't we win? They're taking all of our towers. Well, it's like, well, because you need to, when you're against a pushing lineup, you really need to be careful about choosing when to fight. And I mean, if you have vastly superior team fight, obviously it's very easy to choose when to fight because it's whenever. But if you don't have vastly superior team fight, then sometimes you need to take an advantage before you fight again or before you fight at all. And one thing with Dota is that like, if you're pushing two lanes, typically there's not much of a way that a team that's pushing one lane can pat, can, can get more towers than you if they're just pushing one lane, even if they have a full push lineup like that. So it's very, very important to just never allow the game to get to that point where your lanes are all pushed in and they're grouped up as five to push because then you have no recourse. Your only recourse is to fight them. And if you fight into a lineup like that without superior team fight, you're going to get trashed. So basically what I'm saying is if you're against some cancer pushing lineup, split push your ass off until you know that you can fight. And then when you know that you can fight, just kill them because they lose so much experience by grouping up as five like that. So you just split push, punish them for it. And uh, don't don't play into their hand by either pushing one lane because that's not going to push as fast as that lineup, or by fighting fighting them when you don't have an advantage. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I'm a new player. I've played one game. What should I focus on to improve efficiently? I don't have that much time every week. I would say that if you're a new player, you just probably want to play a lot of bot matches with your friends. Like, yeah, that's about it. You want to just get used to the get used to the game, get used to the to the heroes. Um, get used to you know laning the the different stages of the game really playing is the best is is your best bet for um for for learning and pick like pick like three heroes and just just play just play three heroes because otherwise you'll spend all of your time learning mechanics of everybody else and you'll never actually solidify anything it's like uh if you were to go to school and then you had like your class was switched every five minutes would you learn anything probably not so (laughs) good analogy that's a good analogy like you you actually have to dive in a little bit to like solidify the knowledge in your brain and that requires repetition and that requires you know like doing good things and bad things and having that feedback loop and if you're just always changing your feedback loop and you just like constantly suck because you've literally never played a hero before and you have no idea what the attack animation is like or anything like that you're just never actually going to get better because it's just you know you're not actually solidifying anything in your brain I've been playing a lot of Axe lately, and I often feel countered by Razor Lifestealer. Do you think it's a viable pick in the offlane, fourth or fifth? So you said you're playing, you're playing a lot of Axe. Yeah, I think I think Axe is strong because, like, if you're playing against a Razor, for example, and you max the the nuke on Axe, it doesn't Ra- Razor's no longer a counter. You just need to play the the right way against these heroes. If you're playing against a Lifestealer, then maxing the the counter helix is better. You also need to get your team to pick heroes that are really strong with those heroes like for uh, or against those heroes for example if you're like a sky axe against razor it doesn't matter that he drains your damage because he's dying to fucking magic damage right he's going to get destroyed by you if you're against a life stealer 
and you don't have a good support hero to support you in the lane, cut the creep wave, get huge. There's no way a life stealer is going to farm anywhere near as fast as an axe. Like you always have options. It's just a matter of not playing into the the way that they want you to play. Because there's a reason that Razor's considered a counter. So you just say, fuck you, I'm not gonna play like that. Worst case scenario, cut the creep wave. The worst thing you can do is lane into a lane that's destroying you without cutting the creep wave. And don't jungle. Never jungle. Cut the creep wave. It's so much better. Yeah, anyway. that's a huge thing, man. Like I I feel like people they they watch pro dota and then they just they get locked into every hero has to be played exactly how the pros play it and i mean a lot of the time like if you just change what you're doing you can and you get creative with what you can be doing on the map and what where you should be going you don't have to be so stubborn like okay axe is a hero that like destroys melee heroes so if you're suddenly up against a razor like and you're just running in melee and trying to destroy this razor who destroys melee heroes also even harder than you do then you know it's 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 basically like the definition of insanity and so try and be a little bit more creative with how you approach problems as opposed to just being like well i did this like five or six times against these heroes and it worked but now i'm against a different hero and it's not working so i guess i guess i should just try something different instead of just doing the same thing yeah uh, even even just throwing a fucking wrench in their plans, like doing something completely ridiculous, get boots and and just like run around the trees nuking them. Just do something different. Uh, Brood is Brood more viable as a mid than an offlaner now? I think Brood is a thousand times more viable as a mid, simply because there are not very many. In fact, I, I don't even know if there are any heroes that you can pick against at mid where it won't outfarm you. And the reason for that is just because there are so many camps that are so close to the mid lane and um th that you can just get get to those camps within like a heartbeat you know like you very quickly you can get to those camps and uh the reason that that's really important is because when you're on the off lane as broodmother there hits a point where if you're playing against a counter you want to cut the creep wave but they can there's this weird transitionary period where like they can get a huge advantage while you're trying to transition to that point while you're trying to build into the soul ring uh, where they can like cancel your clarities, they can kill some of your spiders. Like, they can gain a huge advantage in the time that it takes for you to get to the point where you're comfortably cutting the creep wave behind their tower and farming and farming their jungle. Uh, and then also, like, once they get to that point, let's say you're dealing with like a bristle or a legion. Once you get to that point, they can actually have enough resources. They can have enough levels to kill your, uh, or sorry, to kill the creep wave and then move over and start fucking with you in the jungle. Like, there's that. That's that's the issue. Whereas on the mid lane, you can kill the creep wave, and then within two seconds, you can get to the you can get to the camps. So that that distance is like is like really important in my opinion because there there isn't really that transitionary period. And then also, like I said, like if you're playing against these heroes in the off lane and you you destroy them early, it doesn't matter that they counter you. It doesn't matter that you're not in the mid lane. You'll destroy them. Brood is just a crazy hero from ahead. But it's all about hitting that point first. Uh, before they do hitting hitting the point where you can farm really quickly and get items before they can kill the wave and then kill your spiders uh and, and in mid lane you get so much more free experience so you can do that there's no ganks there's no supports like none of that none of that happens so you can even against counters you can still destroy them and then also the mid lane has ancients like brood's so quick at farming the ancients that really early too that like no other mid laner can really out farm a brood barring like a templar assassin and even TA can't farm Ancients as early as a Broodmother can, or as quick as a Broodmother can. Well, I mean, it depends. It depends on what you define as quick. If, you, if, if, if you're talking about taking a huge stack, sure, TA will do it better. But 
but uh, like one, earlier one camp of ancient yeah yeah, yeah. Earlier we'll take it game. earlier so mid just allows brood to snowball a lot harder basically and there's no heroes that can really deal deal with it in terms of getting ahead of brood that, that's kind of, that's kind of my take on brood like i'm a big brood player and i i haven't been favoring it as much for the offline because i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of times where i just end up even with the guy that i'm laning against because they pick a really good counter they deal with me well early they get to that kind of snowball point and then sometimes you win, but on the on the mid lane, it's so fucking easy. It's a joke. It's not like it's not even a toss up. It's so easy. Every game you should get huge on the mid lane as brood. It's really hard not to. It's just so easy to run between all of the camps and get huge, and they can't chase you because what are they going to run around around the, the, the all these cliffs and shit to chase your spiders? Absolutely not. No, there's no way they're going to do that. And you could just run over the cliffs again if they do. Like, what are they going to do to you? There's nothing they can do. It's just a better space for brood, in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. People are saying that TA, Necrophos, and Monkey King are counters to Brood. Like, and it goes back to the point of being like Razor's a counter to Axe. Like, if you play into the way that they want to play, then yeah, sure. If you line up your spiders for TA to to like sideblade down, sure. TA is very killable by Brood. Like, yeah. If you ask for a rotation when Brood has some spiders, TA is going to feed. It's just um, it's just it's just, yeah. It's just, once again, just about pl- playing differently. But on brood, typically, like all you need to do is if if you're dealing with a counter, just farm. They're not going to outfarm you, guaranteed. Brood is one of the fastest farmers in Dota, if not the fastest. Like there, there's no way anybody's going to outfarm you. So if so if, if they're going to counter you, just say fuck you. Farm ten items and then fight them when they have five, and then just laugh at them as they die to you because you have way more items than they do. Watch RTZ play brood. That's what he does. He just farms until he has items that he thinks he can fight with. He fights with the items. He wins the game. Doesn't matter if he's countered. Any ideas for getting out of ELO hell? Being stuck in a rank, not being able to win, mainly because of bad teammates. Change your mindset. Uh, well, so I would assume this is like a like a question, kind of what about people's mentality, like why they think why they think that way. And I think what Donnie said, I think people need to change change the way that they think about the game because every single person that's higher rank than you has to deal with shitty teammates too. Yep. Like it's it, and it's like how do how do they do it? Are they gods? Are they lucky? That's completely preposterous to to. Uh, to have that con- conjecture and, and say that everybody else in the entire planet is just is just getting getting lucky, you know, just just play more and just uh, like if, if it is true, maybe if you play five games in a day, you might have like a really unlucky unlucky day, but then just play the next day, it'll be a regular day. Play the next day, play the next day, play the next day, and then eventually, statistically speaking, if you're if you're good, if you're better than the people that are higher than you, you'll you'll rank you'll rank up. So it's just about having having a a, a positive perspective on it and kind of. Try to try to improve yourself because one of the worst mentalities, and I'm assuming this is why you why you asked this, or one of the worst things about this mentality is that it blocks you from from getting better. That's that's the big issue yep. here is that it blocks it blocks you from getting better, and that's really that's really the problem. Is that um, and then it also makes people focus on on just ter- terrible things like within a, a specific pub. Like if if you're focusing on your teammates and stuff, you're not going to be thinking about your item choices. You're not going to be thinking about where you need to be on the map it's just like oh my teammates are shit it's way easier to give up so like for a lot of reasons psychologically it's pretty terrible to to not ha- to have that mentality of being stuck in elo hell yep uh not a whole lot to add to that honestly it's it's really just about finding a different perspective because if you if you want to just be a victim of circumstance then that's your choice but I guarantee you that in many other areas of your life, you would prefer to not be a victim of circumstance and you might actually not be a victim of circumstance in those cases either, because it's like, I don't know. It's, it's really easy in a video game to just be like, well, I lost this game because of my teammates. And in life, you might not be able to be like, well, you know, I got fired from my job because my boss sucks. 
don't know. Maybe it's the same thing. I'm kind of just rambling. <laughs> How many bosses do you need to get fired for fired by before it's before before it's a you problem? Right. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like I guarantee you that if you got fired from a job. You would probably be a little bit more introspective than if you lost a game of Dota. You know, actually, <laughs> Ellie and I, Ellie and I were talking about something similar to this recently, and we were, we, we basically came to the conclusion that like, even if it is your boss's fault, how is that beneficial to you to to blame them? Uh, I I had a I I, I listened to a there was a song song that I heard some rap lyric that I heard, and basically he said, holding a grudge is is like letting somebody live in your head rent free. And it's, I think that's a really good lyric because it's like, what is the point of feeling these negative emotions, even if they're fucking justified? What's the point of it? Yeah. It's literally making you a, a, a less happy. It's making you more stressed. I think that's really important. I, I think that just taking anything as a learning experience in life in general is really important because there's fucking limited time, man. There's, there's limited time. You're competing with everybody in the world. And you, you just need to get smarter. You just need to, to, to get more more wisdom more quickly, and then you'll you'll end up better off in the future. So even if that takes turning an experience that was negative into a positive one, even if it has no right being positive, doing that is still going to make you a better person. So why not? Yep. Totally. Totally. I kind of rambled on about that one. No, it's, it's good. We, I mean, we recently had the conversation though. So dude, I mean, it's just something like it's hot off the press. It's just every every single game. Literally every single game of Dota I've played for the last probably two years has ended with at least one person being blamed for the loss. So it's like, it's literally every single game. There's always somebody doing this. And it just, there's no point. Like, it's just people wasting your time. Like, it just needs to be said. Like, spread it around. Just, if you lose a game and your team sucks and they're all flaming you, like, use that as practice of how to deal with shitty people. Because you're going to find that throughout the course of your life you're going to encounter shitty people on a regular basis and if you can react to them in a non-negative way there's a very good chance that either they will turn around their attitude uh because like if you're interacting with them personally and you're not just like seeing them for 45 minutes on a video game then you could significantly change their perspective on things and secondly like it makes you more mentally resilient. So if you practice mental resilience and not tilting and not blaming your teammates, then, you know, maybe six months from now when you're in these games that previously you would just give up and let your team lose and you would lose and you'd be like, this is uncarryable. But if you practice mental resilience and you're continually getting better at not giving up and not blaming your teammates and looking for the issues that you did, even if those issues were way, way, way more minor than your team's issues, then six months down the line, maybe you're winning all of these games. Maybe you are carrying these games and suddenly you're out of ELO hell, ELO hell that uh, you wouldn't have been out of either was, you know? I'm, I have six K matches and I'm still Archon. Am I doing anything wrong? Yes. Um, I was recently having a con conversation with my girlfriend like a month and a bit ago and she was complaining that she was stuck at like 4,500 MMR or something like that. And... Um, basically wondering why she's played so much dota and that she is only that rating she's like nine thousand hours or something like that which is quite a lot uh now she's almost immortal because like w within within like a couple hundred I mean, technically she's already immortal because of the leaderboards like if you get immortal and lose it you stay immortal like technically she's above the threshold for that but 
So she'll be immortal very, very soon. And the reason for that is because she started watching replays instead of just mindlessly playing the game. Basically, I would say that if you have 6k matches and you're still Archon, you're probably a very, very good player. And I genuinely mean that. Purely objectively, you're good if you have 6k matches. Like, believe me on that. It's just that you're probably doing something... You're, you're probably not doing putting in quality effort. You're putting in effort, not quality effort. And when you start putting in quality effort, you'll really see your MMR start to go up. And I would say that you probably want to check out replays. You probably want to look to see if the heroes that you're playing are shitty or good. Because, like, if you're playing, you know, Omni Knight every game and the guy has, like, a 43% win rate, there's probably a, probably a reason that that hero has a 43% win rate, and that's probably a big reason you're losing. Like, you want to you wanna look at these things that are... That, that you're doing, just find trends that you're doing. You kind of question, like, okay, is that something that I'm doing wrong? Because it's probably not your mechanics. If with 6K games, guaranteed your mechanics are, are relatively strong, your your understanding of the game is going to be relatively strong, at least for a few roles, a few heroes. So I would definitely say pinpoint what heroes you're great at, play them, watch replays. If you if you don't know how to play a certain hero, watch replays, watch replays, watch replays. Really, that's like that's like my big advice there. You, you, you're probably just doing... You're probably not putting in... Getting that... It's a quality effort versus versus effort. You're probably not getting putting putting in quality effort uh, because I know a lot of people just kind of mindlessly grind, and that is definitely an impulse for me. Like Dota players, that's just what you want to do, but that's actually not the best way to to, to do it. Especially if you have like six six k matches, you probably want to to start, um, you know, doing doing like the higher level stuff, which is which is watching replays, going to training polygon stuff like that. Yep, I actually, I actually am in the process of creating a video, and this is something that we're gonna have actually on DotaAlchemy.com. Is we're gonna have a series of sort of like exercises or like mental exercises that will help you either prepare for a game or like reset in between games. And this is something I think is actually really, really important and really valuable, is because most people they finish a game of Dota and their first impulse is just to queue for another game of Dota, and so they just they, they finish, they look at the end screen, maybe they like flame their team, maybe they think, oh man, look how good my damage was, I'm so good at this game. And then they press play Dota, and that's it. And they're immediately back into another game, and that's over and over and over. Eight games, ten games, fifteen games in a day, and suddenly you finished all those games, and you've either lost like 100 MMR after investing 15 hours of your time, or maybe you've gained and lost zero, who knows. But if you spend like literally five to 10 minutes in between games doing a few different things, resetting your mental state, resetting your physical state, and then doing a tiny little bit of replay analysis of your previous game, you'll find that you will boost your MMR super, super fast. And you will actually like understand why you win and lose games, which is something that most people don't really get. I think, I think confidence is really important too. Like this is not this is not anything about your about your like pure mechanical play. Like you're probably a fucking good player. That that's like almost a guarantee. And you you want to you want to have that confidence in yourself. And to ask a question like that, am I good enough after six thousand games or whatever? It kind of demonstrates a little bit that you're you're lacking a little bit of confidence there. So I would say that first and foremost, you you want to try to understand that you are a good Dota player. There's no way that you're not after that many games, and that you're just lacking in those you know doing replay analysis of your own games looking at other people's replays seeing how they play maybe you're playing shitty heroes like those are perfectly valid excuses rather than just being like unskilled for being being a uh, low mmr but the thing is like you, you um i'm kind of on the train of thought that like at, le at least for me like i try not to complain if i'm picking shitty heroes and i'm losing because it's like, well, what am, what am I supposed to be doing with these heroes anyway? You know, like when I was picking Pudge and it was terrible, I was going like 50-50. I'm seeing people spam, 
Enchantress or something like that. And it's like, well, that hero's broken. They're winning every game. And I kind of got a bit resentful. I kind of got a bit salty. But then I'm just thinking, like, what the, what's my problem? Like, that's, of course, of course, statistics, right? Like, that's just how it goes. Like, if you're, if you're last picking a support hero, yeah, you're probably way more likely to lose. Like, there's things that you need to follow that maybe your, your impulses aren't going to be uh, pushing you to, to, to do these things. And um, it's actually, it, like, I don't, I don't think it's, like, if, if you want to play Dota casually and stuff, you don't need to try to go pro and, like, do all this replay analysis and stuff. But it's pretty fun to, like, look at your own replays and to, and to look at um, competitive replays and stuff like that. Like, you learn, you learn so much more, and it feels, it feels really, really good. So even if you're just looking to have, to have fun, it's, like, way more fun to, to win and improve and stuff like that. Like, I got to say, Ellie, for example, she's winning a lot, and she is so much more positive these yeah. days around Dude. around dota like she's very happy <laughs> that's the like, thing it feels good it's like you know most of us are not going to go pro we're not going to play at ti and you just need to decide are you playing this game casually and you really really don't care whether you win or lose and if so then stop complaining and if you do care about getting a little bit better and having a little bit more fun then you actually need to put in a little bit of work a little bit of replay analysis and play a little bit more consciously than just like autopiloting yourself through eight games a day yeah for sure takes effort but what's again quality effort versus versus effort that's like that's like what i have been it's like a mantra that i've been repeating in my head recently yeah. and the more the more i think about it the more i realize that in life a lot of people put in effort which is which is great and takes motivation but it's not it's not quality effort <laughs>